Welcome, everybody, to uh, the podcast number six for Endpoint. This is the Rocket League podcast with uh, Eclipse, Relating Wave, and uh, Virtuoso. And I am Gregan. I'm here as a guest host for Endpoint. As you can see, I've got my Endpoint jersey on. So have uh, two out of three. We're doing well. Um, I'd like to first start off by introducing Eclipse. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, thanks. Uh, having a good day. We, uh, we announced our new player today, so... Good stuff. That's gonna be... We're going to get onto that in a bit. Um, Wave, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, actually. <laughs> it's, it's, always, day. it's always weird when you go onto a podcast and you start doing like small talk at the beginning, having just chat for ages beforehand. But uh, I will just ask as well, for completion's sake, Bert, how are you doing? Uh, not too shabby. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Oh, thanks for asking. Good good stuff. Uh, I like you already now, but um, so I, I think Eclipse has already mentioned it. We're going to be talking quite a bit to start with here about your new uh, trial with Metsa Norris for the Spring Series. So um, let's let's start with Wave. Wave, what 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 was it about Metsa that you guys really enjoyed? Um, the sort of new play style, we have become more of a cleaner rotation. It just allows Vert more to do what he wants, and it just is it's so much nicer, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you guys had a really good story up to now. You obviously went into RLRS as fairly unknown players. I think I knew of, uh, especially you, Wave, I knew of you beforehand, because we played together a bit, but um, Vert and Nachital, I, was, I wasn't too familiar with you guys, and you guys just came in and looked so good from the off. Uh, what was that like for you, Vert, when you, you guys were doing so well straight away in the RLRS? Were you expecting to do that? Mm, no, we were just uh, expecting to stay up in in, in RLRS. Or, uh, we were, at least we were fighting for top six. That was basically our, our, our goal. That's about it. So when we started doing well, in, like, I think we were like 4 or 5, five oh. So we, were, we definitely had our expectations a lot higher than what the, they started with. Mm -hmm. And you you got straight into RLCS from your first season in RLRS. That must have been a pretty amazing experience. And I think uh, you, you guys got picked up by Endpoint quite quickly after that, right? Once you got into RLCS. And I'm sure you guys had a lot of people talking to you saying, hey, we want to get you on board. Um, what's it like for you guys to suddenly go from, I guess, bubble players who didn't have a huge amount of experience at the top uh, to then being this kind of like top players? People were always wanting to to talk to you people are always saying oh these guys are amazing you know you, you're suddenly in the in the spotlight um wave what was that like for you it was sensational honestly just the it just the rise was so quick it's so unseen before yeah and it's just it's just incredible really like a dream like, it's a, dream. like a dream yeah there's so many people out there who want to do the same thing you guys did but i don't think we're going to see many quick uh, rises to the top like you guys had for a long time anyway and uh, at what point did you get on on board with this eclipse um well we were basically a pickup team for this uh for that RLRS season and i'd obviously worked with waven and vert beforehand on uh, the season previous uh and basically as they picked uh, as they decided the team they kind of just messaged me the same day or, or maybe a day later and was like oh we would like you to coach us again and came along and we kind of went on this weird wonderful journey i guess <laughs> like starting off like 
being like, oh, maybe we'll get there. Who knows? And then when we got to our rest, oh, yeah, we can beat this team and this team. We can get sixth. I'm sure we can get sixth. And then we end up first in league play. We're like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you had no kind of intentions of, of a result. You were just trying to play your best and have fun with it. And um, obviously now, like we said, you've got Metzler on board. I can I can tell you from knowing him in person quite a lot, that'll be a lot of fun. He's a, a really nice guy. And um, from what you guys were saying just before this, especially for you, Eclipse, I'm interested to know, what's his his mindset and, and attitude like in, in practice? It's amazing, honestly. I think like out of most players, especially someone who's been in the scene for so long, you can definitely see a lot of them get uh, burnt out and just worn out by the game. But he is still so ready just to keep pumping out. I think he has like 95 hours or something in the last two weeks, which is mental. And like, and like before, and, and like he's been doing insane amount of scrims recently and stuff. So like the amount of grinding he's been doing is actually like insane. And I've got like having that kind of attitude on our team, I think is just always going to, I think no matter how good the player is if he's only just a bit better than the person who's replaced or even if he's the same if you have that much of uh like uh, that good attitude towards grinding and getting better you're gonna always end up at a further spot than the person before and so like i think that's ultimately like why he is it's one of the reasons why he has such a massive thing for like and why we decided for him especially with the spring series in the short term and hopefully longer after yeah, I mean, whatever happens, you'll learn a lot from him because having that kind of experience for for you, Wave and Vert, will be uh, very useful. Even if you if you don't go with him, obviously, uh, hopefully this is the one. But um, if you don't pick him up, then he's going to be a, an amazing asset for you to learn from. Uh, and you said about the the grinding there, Eclipse. Uh, for you, Vert, how how much do you play the game? Like, I, I feel like you're you're a big old grinder. You play a lot. Yeah, I used to like actually when I changed from. From PS4 to PC, I started playing around 120 hours for like for the last uh, two weeks or around maybe a year or a half. So yeah, I I went from I think late 2018 I was like a rank A player on PS4. Mm -hmm. And uh, like yeah, we we made our runs just a year, exactly a year after that, like year and a month. So yeah, it definitely paid off. And I still play uh, a lot, but not as much because of because of school, just kind of hard to to balance out but yeah i'm still putting in a lot of hours into into rock league there's uh there's something important there i, I do want to bring up is uh the school stuff i'll bring that up a little bit later but you did mention six mans there um and i can tell you a, a little anecdote of relating wave so here i was in in rank a six mans it's one of the only times i'll ever be able to say i was at a higher rank than relating wave but then, as wave comes through as the the first promoted player from the the lower rank in six mans when they first introduced the automatic promotion and everyone mm -hmm. was like, oh, these rank b players coming up but everyone went actually if these guys did it first they're probably quite good and then wave from that point on i'm sure you you started to get to know people started playing with more people do you think that was a big changing point with six mans once you started getting recognized through that um, being being rank a it was uh it was a long process because I was there for about a year and a half mm -hmm. with not getting promoted or demoted. Mm -hmm. And then there was a lot of new people, which I met mm -hmm. for the better. A few people for the worse, but <laughs> that's not the point. Um, but yeah, after getting rank X in late 2018, it was just... 
it was just new experiences, meeting new people in a different environment to what I've always been used to. Yeah, and I guess you, you learn from those people and uh, you start to play a higher level of Rocket League with sort of match style comms and everything, which is why Six Mans is so good. I mean, Vert, you mentioned Six Mans. Um, is that a big part of your um, your story of getting to the top? Mm, yeah, for sure, because not a lot of people take rank seriously that much. Like whenever pros get beat by like players in rank that, they, that they're unknown, they're like, oh, there's ranked warriors, whatever, they won't get far in the game. But when you actually like play in six months, you can you can meet people that are like same skill level as you, and you can grind together, which is always going to be a good thing. Because uh, like matchmaking in Rock League isn't isn't really a fair fair thing. Because sometimes you can get uh, I don't know, like a pro player on your on your team when you're grand champ, and then you can get like a fourteen hundred. So uh... yeah, it's a lot of variability there. So you're not going to get consistent practice with the with the high level people. Uh, and actually, on that note, Eclipse, what kind of practice do you, you set these guys? Do you send them away with uh, with little like training packs or anything like that? Yeah, uh, maybe not training packs per se. It's uh, I find like a, like ranked is is useful to an extent that it gets you playing a certain way. Especially if you're playing, say twos, you have a very different rotation to if you're playing threes. Ones, you're just genuinely much more reliant on yourself. Uh, and it, it's like something that, like Wave, for example, had an issue uh, when I first started coaching him. Was he was quite um, self-conscious, I guess would be the word, when he was on attack, and he would always, because he would like mess it up or something, and then he would be a bit like, oh, and like he just really needed to improve his shooting and stuff. And going into ones and just playing ones over and over again, you have to get your shooting good because otherwise you're just not going to win. And no competitive player in history has wanted to go into a ranked game and lose. So. He's going to eventually just get better and better by playing it. And uh, honestly, I think uh, using ranked for that matter is good. Um, and just sending him into free play, just to do like look at certain mechanics as well, mm -hmm. is 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 like a big part of it. But yeah, custom training packs help as well. But I haven't really found ones that they already haven't already subscribed to, so it's like <laughs> it's hard in that in that regard. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you guys have been together for quite a while now. Um, and there's obviously a, you, there's a lot of trust that comes with coaching the same person for a while, and I'm sure there's that kind of that having that fourth vision when you're in scrims, when you're in a in a big match, when you're uh, just practicing in general, and being able to just focus on the game, and not just from Eclipse as a coach, but having Endpoint as an org to to support you, uh, it must be really good for you guys to to know that you've got that structure around you looking after you. Talk us through some of the things since you've joined Endpoint that you guys have done. I know you've done a few boot camps, right? Um, but did you did you end up going to the boot camps? It was, it was, I know there was um, school was quite tough for you at one point, wasn't there? Uh, there there was uh, there were two boot camps. The first one was scheduled for uh, week one of RLCS, but then week one was uh, delayed because of the server issues. Oh yes, yeah, I remember. And that. then there was another boot camp in the in the middle of season. I think it was when. I think week seven or the double, no the double header week mm -hmm. where we played singularity and doing a task. I wasn't able to go to it because of uh, well, personal issues and coronavirus. Yes, didn't let me go. So yeah, I mean, it was, like it was definitely a good experience. Just uh, was camping with the guys and uh, getting them, getting to know them in real life, and you know, because it's, it's it's a different experience talking to someone online and then actually meeting them in re in real life. Yeah, and then you got a chance to make all those funny gifts as well, which I've seen <laughs> and enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and for you, Wave, um, you're going along to these boot camps, and 
I guess that's probably the, the is that the first time you you kind of like practice gaming in person with with a teammate, or have you managed to go to some some lands before? Either way, uh, sort of explain how different it is for someone who's not done it before practicing in person for gaming because i'm sure a lot of people just think oh it's just gaming you can do it anywhere you can do it in your room you can do it um in in your parents place or your own place whatever it is but how different is it in a in a dedicated training area like the cx place you you guys went to it was it was so nice because i've never been to a lan the first boot camp was the first time i ever played the game outside of my own setup yeah and it's just it feels so good to know people around you are supportive and they just got the same sort of attitude towards what you want to do. Yeah, and, and I guess for you, Eclipse, it, uh, I know from experience as a coach, uh, getting the people you're coaching to, to kind of listen to what you say and to actually be able to explain it where you can point at the screen and, you know, watch a replay together in person. It's so much nicer on, on in that training setting. So I'm sure you guys found that was the time where you got the most effect, right, Eclipse? Yeah, like, it's so, like, online, you always have to employ, like, your, like, screen pens and all this to try and point to where you're going, or you're, like, zooming in on the game to, like, show a line, and it's, like, when it was in person, I could just point and touch the screen and be like, do this! <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and it, it was such... So, it, and I think we probably, even though we didn't get to play that weekend, which was obviously a bummer on the first one, I think that weekend with all three of us there, we probably got the most, like... Uh, individual coaching done that we were able to do because there's no delay on the on like the, on Discord or for example and stuff and it just makes it much easier to go over things with them and show them different aspects of the game from your own perspective because if you like like a lot of the time you have to rely on them to understand what you're explaining to them and mm-hmm. whereas when you're in person you can just take the controller from them and just show them what you mean whereas yeah. you can't like you can't you're gonna have to constantly skip in and out of like replays and stuff to do that. Mm-hmm. online and it it's it just very time consuming so a lot of the time you don't really have the chance to do it especially if you're doing it before like a series or before of scrims or something and you don't have a, you have a time constraint whereas at LAN it was quite easy just to like pick it up be like you need to do this and yeah it, it's really it's really good it's it really enjoyable yeah yeah and i can talk from personal experience when i was at vitality in 2019 we had four events we had uh, we had a boot camp before which were both worlds, Montreal and Leipzig, which are the four events we made top four of. Every other event we didn't. So I can tell you from personal experience that boot camps are such a big factor uh, when it comes to performing, just because you just get that time together in person and coaching is so much better and scrims are so much better. Everything's better. And, and you guys are very fortunate with Endpoint there supporting you and, and getting that second one in just before lockdown was um, pretty good timing. Um, and and we've, we've mentioned it a little bit, uh, both you, Wave, and Vert are, are in education, so you've got to balance uh, your school life with with practice. And uh, especially you, Vert, you mentioned that you you were aiming for 120 hours in two weeks, which is 60 hours a week. Which, when yeah. you on top of that, and you're trying to like look after yourself with your health and everything, there's, there's not really much time to to fit it all in. So, what's it like balancing school for you, Vert, with uh, with Rocket League? I don't really have time for for myself at all. It's just rock league and school. So yeah, I don't really have a social life, which is expected for a gamer, anyways. Just stereotypical. Yeah, really it. it's it's tough because um, there's definitely a balance for everything. And uh, when you do eventually finish school, I'm sure you'll find uh, other hobbies other than than yeah. rock league. 
but um, yeah, for now, I'm guessing you, you really just have to juggle those two things for, for your whole day. And, and Wave, what about for you? Do you find you have time for anything else? Um, luckily for me, sixth form isn't too bad. I get the work done. I get the time to play Rocket League. I get a little bit of social time. Hmm. And it's definitely worth it, time for myself. But mm-hmm. it's it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Yeah, I'm guessing you have to be a little bit more efficient than your your peers at school and sort of use your free periods to do homework or yeah. uh, at lunchtime if you've got a spare moment, do a little bit of work to, to catch up, um, that kind of thing, just to make sure you get ahead of the game so when you get home you haven't got anything to worry about. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have thought about it, but... Um, when when do you think you'll be leaving education? Do you think you're going to go on to do university and stuff like that, or, or are you going to take some time to to try and be pro? Uh, it depends uh, how how it goes in Rocket League, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm definitely like really uh, motivated to to do well the next upcoming season, whenever it's going to be announced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have one more year after this year, so it's going to definitely decide if I'm going to do uh, if I'm going to go to third level education or not with how we how we perform next season yeah and uh, i'm sure it's probably similar for you wave wait and see see what the timing's like um eclipse what what stage of education did you get to before this journey into esports um i was in university uh for two years um Uh didn't quite work out for me university wasn't really my thing Uh so i ended up uh stopping it and i just kind of started doing jobs but like while I was working, I said I kind of said to myself that I've always wanted to do gaming as a career. So I kind of gave myself like a, I think it was a six or seven month time frame um, to like try and uh, get a full time position doing something in Rocket League or in any esports for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I basically said, well, if I don't, then you know I've at least tried. I can move on to something else. I can't. I can live life knowing I tried to do what I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but and I, I'm one of the fortunate ones to have managed to succeed in that endeavor, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it, it was hard though because I I did esports when I was in university, uh, in like the university scene and stuff, which is great for a lot of like up and coming players. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, just playing enough in the, in the game to remain at a level that you can be competitive in, just something as well easy in comparison to what the RLCS is. Do you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. as university rock league was time consuming, so I can yeah. only imagine like how the boys are. And like we tried when we with scrims and stuff, we try to make it as easy as possible for them to balance the lives. Like I always try and uh, book the scrims later on in the evening instead of like right after school, so they have that time to get home, like unwind a little bit, have a bit of food. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, so. It's all about balancing it for them as well as for, you know, everyone because it is hard and uh, I respect their grind. To be fair, yeah, and and uh, like we said, this this journey to to being a pro kind of it didn't happen. You you weren't going into this thinking, oh, let's be a pro within within a year. You you kind of just uh, do the bubble scene stuff. Then if that goes well, you're an LRS. If that goes well, you're an LCS, and it kind of happens you're always aiming to be the best you can be but you never know when it's going to happen and i guess for you guys it might have been a bit quicker than you were expecting that that rise to the top but um one thing i did want to talk about was your your play style so you obviously you're you're known for your uh very fast uh chaotic rocket league style whereby you get a lot of bumps but you cover cover back especially um 
I think we can say the bump meta is something that you guys took on quite well. Um, you said that now you've got Meta Sonaris, you've got more of a, a standard rotation. How do you think your your playstyle before was? Do you think it was good? And and what do you think your new playstyle is, is going to bring to the table? Um, like I So from my point of view, obviously watching it from the outside in, with uh, with Nagital, we had a very unorthodox way of rotating. So it effectively ended up being we had a twos rotation within a threes rotation. Mm-hmm. And it like and and it sometimes bit us, like it came back to buy us. And that is why uh it started like against the most structured RLCS teams where we couldn't guarantee a goal on every attack. Mm-hmm. Which was basically our way of beating everyone in RLS. Uh, it kind of started causing us is- more issues, and that's why we tended. That's why we've decided to go for this change to meta, where we still we've got a much more standard rotation. So our defense is much more structured, and we can move a lot up and down the field much better. But it mm-hmm. still allows Vir to just go out and hunt people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so Vir is the uh, is the flare man. He's the one who creates the the goal situations, whether it's bumps, whether it's uh, mechanical or whatever. Uh, how's that making you feel, Vert? Do you feel like uh, there's a lot of pressure on you now to be the the goal creator? Or are you are you enjoying this freedom? Mm, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm doing what was like the team like wants me to do because uh-huh. uh, basically the playstyle started with teams uh, like Nudge and and Wave and I teamed in August and I was just kind of bored in scrims because we were just clapping the other team. Uh-huh. And uh, I decided, like, yeah, why not just start going for demos? And it, it was just really effective. And it was tilting the, like, all the ball teams were, again, really tilted from the from the, the demos. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's really why and how it started uh, the bump uh, playstyle in this team. Uh-huh. And uh, Wave, I, I've noticed you're kind of the opposite, whereby you got Vert upfield doing all this crazy stuff. And the amount of times we saw you making a clutch save or defensive 1v3, uh, to bring your team out of rough situations in LCS, do you enjoy being in defense, or is this just something you feel feel you're you're good at, and uh, so therefore you put yourself in those positions? I've um I've always preferred to be in defense. Usually before RLRS, I was nowhere near the caliber of a bubble player in attack. Mm-hmm. I've uh, like my attacking prowess is very like bad compared to a lot of our OCS players. I think but you're being it's just, harsh build, it's just yourself building there. that growth up. Yeah. I think you're being harsh on yourself there. I think you've worked on it quite a lot and we saw a lot of really good goals from you, especially stuff like um counterattacks. I think you're very good at finding that space and creating a goal out of it. So uh definitely give yourself more credit than than you are there. But it, it it's I bet it's quite nice for you though, having having this knowledge that you can improve uh and and i guess what's the what's the goal for you guys wave what what's what's the aim for this team um well first things first is just to do better than last season uh-huh it's get, getting so far. top eight in the first season it wasn't it's not the best it's not the worst mind you because we didn't go down mm-hmm. but we want to push for that top six top four top two whatever yeah Right, it's worked for you so far. With RLRS, you guys came in and just went, let's do the best we can. And and consequently, you you found the, the journey just kept going and going and going. Is that something you kind of encourage Eclipse? Is it the mindset stuff? Like, what's what do you kind of think about when you go into a game? Is it the 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 outcome? Is it the how we play? Or what is it? Well, like for me, if we lose a match, it's all about how we've lost it. Like, you can, like 
ultimately at any level of sport or esports, you're always going to come up against a team that on the day just played better than you. Mm-hmm. But it's how, I guess, graceful you take that loss. For example, like this season, there were a couple of losses that we took that we didn't take as well. And, and it, it really, I think, it knocked us back a bit for the next week or, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all about managing it. So when we, for example, we were coming out of the RRS, where we basically just didn't lose. Like we lost the two teams. Um, it was there were some unfortunate mishaps to be caused, but we knew that we were better than it. So we took we took what we saw we did wrong in those games and we moved forward and then we didn't lose again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and then going into the RLCS and then losing our first game and then our second game and we were like, oh, okay, this is not quite expected. And then we I think it was the third game we won. And so we were like, oh okay, we're back on track. But it's it's when you lose, it's all about finding what you did wrong, how can you improve upon it, and how can you make sure you make that work, the loss work for you, not work against you. Um, yeah. And I think that was an issue we had, like, mentality-wise throughout the season. Like, uh, we had a couple of players whose confidence, uh, they gained their confidence back, but then another player lost confidence. And it was like, it was a constant battle. And eventually, I think you, we could, I guess, everyone saw in the promotion tournament that when we got, we had an absolute mayor against Solari in that first series. But after that, we all just sat there and we were like, right, none of us want to get relegated. None of us want this. And we just spoke it through and we got it all back on track. And then we got going to against Karen. We still didn't play amazing, uh, but we played well enough. And then against Stonkers, we were back to our old selves in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that really showed. You saw Vert being free up front, just hunting people, Natch mm-hmm. doing his thing, Wave doing his thing. And it was so much nicer to see. But... Um, it, it did cause us to like reflect on it and go, well, it took us an entire season to get back there. If that happens again, we can't like make sure we can think. So that's why we decided that maybe a transfer was needed and uh, ultimately we went with it. Yeah, and as we spoke about, Mets has got a fantastic mindset, which will uh, no doubt uh, be a great learning tool for all of you uh, to improve and, and focus on how to bounce back from losses. I mean, he's bounced back from some of the toughest um, losses and toughest uh, situations. I just remember back to him losing a, a game seven in the upper bracket final to make his first ever world finals. And they went down to play cloud nine in the lower bracket, and yet they still managed to perform. Like, he's he's had that experience. He's been through all those scenarios. He's had to be that tough experience of, of coming up from a lower league. And, and it's, it's not just in esports, it's in sports. You see it all the time where a team gets promoted and then they struggle because they've gone from an environment where they win against weaker teams to an environment where they've got tougher matches against stronger teams. And you had a really tough schedule to start with. So you're only going to learn and improve from that. And, and like Wave said, just do better than, than last time. That's all you can ask, right? Uh, look at the past and go, how can we learn from it and improve? So I'm glad to hear that's your, your team mind step. So we, uh, I did want to talk a bit about it. Uh, it's quite tough right now with lockdown to do. Um, but uh, what's the team's mindset towards uh, towards health? Obviously, I'm I'm jokingly the the healthy gamer. You know, I like to I like to talk about the fact that you can be healthy and be a better player. Jumping to tell me exactly what you're doing. I'm guessing this is something you're working on. Um, I mean, it's tough for you with the, you guys in education, especially Vert. You mentioned you don't have time for much else. What is it you guys are doing to try and improve um, this aspect of, of your gameplay? Vert, do you want to start? Go on. Uh, I just try to eat as healthy as I can. Don't really eat any junk food. It doesn't really help that I have 
pretty bad skin uh, skin conditions if I eat junk food. So yeah, I just stay away from any junk food and I try to do some exercise. Usually just PE uh, is like my my main exercise when I'm in school because I mean mandatory to do. And after that, I don't really have a lot to do. I, I do is maybe like I walk, but walk home. And that's, that's about it, to be honest. don't have time for it. So to be fair, school is a pretty good way to keep active. Like I can tell you from my experience of leaving education, once you leave it, you suddenly realize you don't have anything to walk to or anything to uh, get up for or, or any reason to, to go see your friends and everything. So it does yeah. make sense. So I guess that's one of the saving graces of still being at school is you've got that kind of enforced um, out the house mindset. Uh, and Wave, is it a similar story for you? Um, Not really. I don't. I don't do uh, PE in school. I uh, I tend to do uh, exercise every morning. My dietary options are all right. I don't tend to eat too much uh, junk food, but it's I don't eat an awful lot, to be frankly honest. I I guess that's quite a you've got an advantage. You've probably got parents cooking for you, right? Yeah. So, so you you kind of just take what take what you get. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, I I know from the fact that Metzonoris is since he's joined the Rocket League scene, he's lost a lot of weight and he's very much that healthy mindset. So again, fits the team really nicely there for you guys. And Spring Series is coming up. You've got the qualifier. It's going to be relentless, right? You've got a very tough qualifier where only four teams make it and and it's only the top four of RLCS that won't be included. So you've got some of the best teams in Europe competing. What's it going to be like for you guys competing in those long days where you have to play a whole range of teams uh, and what are you doing to prepare for Eclipse? Well, it, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, well, in terms of just preparing, we're trying to just um, make sure we have our structure down so that when it gets to being more long and arduous to times, we can just always rely on when we do get a bit frustrated because a bubble team's come around with some weird play style that we've never seen before, that we can just sit, we can always reset back to that, like that back break i guess and then move back at it from that situation and it's a it's a it's a similar it's a similar way that i set up uh, set us up for the, the uh promotion playoffs for example that we obviously we lost our first game but we could fall back on something that we know we already have and move forward again mm-hmm. and it i guess that's the same uh when it comes to this is we don't want to be um we don't really want to be for like putting too much energy straight away and losing it all in the first couple of rounds and then being tired at the end. So it's going to be all about managing, managing how, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the word for it is, but like just managing how well we keep our energy going. And so we don't just burn ourselves out by the end of the night. Yeah. Like having that mental reset, the consistency and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a long qualifier and I wish you all the best of luck. Uh, obviously you've got Metza for this one. Um, What's your thoughts on the on the spring series? Are you looking forward to to this kind of competition? Uh, it's obviously very different to RLCS, whereby RLCS is a league structure. You know who you're playing the week, well, weeks before, in fact, so you can kind of prepare for that. Whereas this one, you've just got to go out and perform your best uh, against the team you've just found out you're playing. Um, for you, Vert, what's uh, is it a different mindset going into it? What's uh, what's different for these compared to to RLCS? Well, it's basically the same format as uh, as RLS plans, which is always a very stressful day. Uh-huh. I'm I'm not gonna say that this is the most important tournament and like it's uh, gonna be as stressful as as RLS plans because 
that can make or break careers but it's like we're still gonna try our best and yeah it's gonna it's gonna be uh, weird because we haven't been in this scenario in a very long time nearly i think like nine yeah just like nine eight months we haven't been in this scenario where you have to play uh i think it's a double elimination bracket so yeah, it's gonna be gonna be something yeah it's gonna be long um and again stay stay healthy keep focused and everything and that'll be that'll be good for you guys uh wave um i think it's a good little chance to talk about uh british esports and and the the tournaments that are going on within the uk we obviously have rocket kingdom doing very well now they're actually going to be um streaming the spring series i believe and with endpoint being british with with eclipse um and wave uh i guess uh, you're, you're very close to us, um, but just being yeah. over, over the water. But yeah, all this kind of like stuff going on in the UK. Um, do you do you feel like the the kind of national leagues is a good place to to kind of push for Rocket League? Do you think it's a good idea to get more tournaments like that, um, or would you do you think keeping it more European um, is a good idea? Because um, I mean, you know a lot of the UK scene as well, and you can obviously form those friendships. Same with you, Eclipse. Um, so do you basically what I'm asking is um do you want to see more UK based tournaments? Oh I would love to see more UK based tournaments because like the bubble scene at the moment is actually quite heavily UK based, which is very nice to see. Um the the beginning of Rocket Kingdom, which was the county's cup, it was great because I didn't know anyone played it in my county and I met a couple people in the end and uh, I speak to them every now and then still. It's great. And then there's European tournaments. I think they should mainly be for more bigger tournaments, like the um, the Rocket Baguette series or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. But generally, either way, just tournaments are just good. Yeah, just play more tournaments. Because we had that one where you, you uh, Eclipse, and I uh, competed. And Vert, did you, did you play one week of that? Or was it Nat who, who played a week in that? Mm, um, I'm pretty sure I played one one week of it, but I was like the second or first or second subs I wasn't needed anymore. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, just, I, I I heard that uh, they had a they had a different third that was that was a really really special player. Uh, yeah, his, yeah. His name was uh, was was Gregan, So yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to try and carry carry a uh, relating wave, but you know, mm. it was it was a tough time. No, it's it's what, yeah, it's pretty easy. heavy. <laughs> well, the main problem we had, Vert, was that none of us can score. We're all very uh, rotation-based players, and so we're relying mm. on Wave to score. And, and as he mentioned earlier on, he doesn't like to be that player. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, to be honest. <laughs> but the, the point was we had a lot of fun competing at a lower lower level on a UK-based kind of thing. And, and obviously there's university uh, esports, you've got uh, school esports, all this kind of coming up. Um, do you see a, a future with esports whereby we, we have esports like we have sport where like you've got the top leagues like rlcs and rlrs um and then we, we've got everything down to you playing in your, your local town or whatever um do you see that being the future eclipse you look like you're, you're eager to say yeah you want to see welsh leagues don't you we have a welsh league <laughs> excellent um well we don't have a welsh league we have like welsh little tournaments that esports worlds host but like uh, -huh. uh generally speaking yeah i think Rocket League, uh, in terms of an esports, has definitely got that option of being able to have multiple tiers that all go into each other. Obviously, it'll be a lot of funding and a lot of work for Psyonics to set it all up. But like, uh, effectively, I think that's what we'll end up seeing 
in the long run where we start seeing minor tournaments and minor lands and minor major tournaments and major lands all across the world that are just going to be like linked together and you're going to be able to get there from weird little miners that you qualify from in like cs for example you can do this one tournament and you qualify for this tournament in china or something and it's and i, I think yeah. that's the kind of thing that'll start happening where you start just as you get better in your own tier you start then just slightly breaking into that next one playing mm-hmm. against those teams and then if you're good enough you stay there if you're not good enough obviously you go back down but you, it, it i think rocket league has definitely got the ability to uh work in that sense where it's very much a tier based system because all i think rs and rocs do it perfectly for example is it's not every rs team could play at the rocs and not and 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 not every bubble team can play at the RLRS. I think it needs to be a bit more structured than that, where I think where something like Six Mans comes into play and it does quite a good job. But mm. I think there needs to be, but I think the more small community based tournaments like RKNC, like the Counties Cup that uh, we've pointed out, like RBRS and stuff as well, it just gives so many more options for people to play against these better teams mm-hmm. and uh, really allows them to improve and move further in the esports. Yeah, yeah. And uh... I think we're gonna only gonna see more and more of that. And with Endpoint being UK based, um, being up in Sheffield, it's where where I'm based. So I'm very much a Endpoint supporter on the home ground basis. Um, so I think that kind of stuff will only do positive things for for the future of especially for orgs like Endpoint, right? To have those local fans. And and if anyone is watching this podcast from from the Endpoint community and they they've never watched Rocket League, for example, um, I guess, Vert, this is your chance to sell Rocket League, right? I'm putting this all on your shoulders right here. Um, someone who's a fan of any other game uh, want to watch Rocket League as as maybe their second, maybe their third, maybe their fifth esport that they watch. Why why is Rocket League so great for that? It's a very, I'd probably say it's the most exciting esports because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. One mistake can, can basically lead to like a win or a loss. So. Yeah, I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Pete was, was telling us before that it's really stressful to watch. Yeah, um, like, same. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely <laughs> stressful. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like one of the videos that uh, with our comms, I think it was week two or week three where we played AS Monaco. And yeah. my mother was watching as well. I think it was, it was her first time watching. And then after we we won uh, the series, she just started full on screaming and telling me she like she's never going to watch again because it's too stressful for her. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely like the biggest point in in wanting to watch Rocket League. Very exciting to watch. It's to be so fair, so intense. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, to be fair, in terms of the stress levels, like um, with this whole lockdown thing uh, going on, obviously football and most traditional sports are off. Uh, my stepfather, he loves watching football, so his his substitute at the minute is Rocket League. He's literally started watching Rocket League because he has no other sports to watch, and um, and he he. Him and my mother were watching, I think, our promotion tournament. And when they went, when we went to game six, my mother turned off the TV. She was like, nope, not watching anymore. Watch it, yeah. <laughs> and she just walked off. And so, oh. like, I think in terms of the whole stress levels and things, to be fair, I wish I could have done that because I wasn't enjoying the fact that we were losing either. But <laughs> it's but stressful. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 like, as a coach as well, because, like, obviously, we have like the 10 second delay between what the, what, what, what the boys are doing and what we're seeing and we have the yeah. comms at the right time but we don't have the visual at the right time and so yeah. you hear like you hear someone say something you're like oh no we've lost or we've conceded or something 
uh-huh. and then nothing's actually happened and you're like why have you done this to me <laughs> yeah yeah when i was at vitality they used to leave uh, a pause whenever they conceded before they said anything like don't worry so anytime i heard a two second pause just because the comms had a pause in them i was like have we conceded have we conceded maybe we conceded and then i'd hear them go i'm left i'm going i'm right and i'm like oh four i'm i'm, I'm safe i'm safe wave wave does the exact same thing he says nice try if they shoot and nice try if they uh, if we concede <laughs> and what he does is he leaves a gap after each of them and the way I find out if we've scored or if, we, or if, like, if it was a shot or if it was a, con- a concession was if it goes, all right, I'm back now. And I'm like... <laughs> it's terrible. You don't know what you're doing to us, but and, yeah. and like, oh, it's, it's, so it's so bad. And I've, I've, the amount of times I've felt my heart going through, like it feels like it's coming out your chest. Like genuinely, I've oh, never yeah. had heart pains except for when waiting for a big, important match. Um, because you guys have got control, right? Um, wave and like when you go onto the pitch, you you you're still nervous, but you're in control of it. So you don't have the same type of nerves. You have like adrenaline to 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 put into the game. So- I'd actually I'd actually probably say that it's more nervous to watch than to play because I I like I watched RLCS for so many seasons. I get nervous just watching, and yeah. like not even like rooting for a, like a team. I just get nervous just in general, and I haven't felt like the same nerves at all in actually playing in their LCS RLRS is very, very strange. To be fair, I think you see that from, like, the crowds, like, it, that we get at le- events. Like, I remember being at DreamHack Leipzig. I remember sitting in the crowd watching uh, Vitality mm-hmm. playing against uh, Dignitas, and literally everyone was on edge. No one knew what was happening, and we were all like, oh, oh, and it's the same. <laughs> London <laughs> London yeah. had the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all, all the worlds do it, and, like, I think it just, it's a testament to how Rock League is as a game where it's just you never know what's going to happen because as you said yourself like you have those moments that tiny little mistake that one whiff of the ball and then you've conceded and the the series is completely turned on its head and then you're like sometimes you score from those whiffs that's what you never know with with and that's the other thing sometimes you missing makes someone else miss and then you score and it's like what (laughs) it is a chaotic game is rocket league and i'm sure we can all agree we should have spoken about this how great rocket league thing is at the beginning of the podcast so that anyone who was just tuning in i thought oh what's rocket league and then they hear metzenoris and don't know what what what's a metzenoris um but we we're we're kind of we're kind of getting close now to where i'm interested in uh asking some questions and uh i'll open this up to the chat so get your questions in now. We'll carry on chatting for a bit, um, but you guys can start sending in your questions. Uh, however silly you want, however um, detailed or Rocket League focused you want, uh, I'm sure Wave, Wave just shook his head because he knows what kind of people <laughs> we've got in the chat and what kind of questions they're going to be asking. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid too. I've seen some of the things in chat already. I'm not entirely sure I want those to be questions. <laughs> can we get a Sharky cam? Uh, <laughs> Oh great! <laughs> we don't know. Go on, wave. Go on. Uh, basically, I've had a gold. I've got a goldfish called Sharky, and um... <laughs> such a good name. Go on, carry on. Uh, there's Cam. not much. There's not much to it. Uh, like, because uh, I've, I've got it right. Ne- I've got the fish tank right next to me. I've I've always been like that. Uh huh. And people can sometimes hear the fish tank in the background because of the filter. Okay. So people always ask, "Oh yeah, what is it?" I tell them it's a fish tank. <laughs> and then it comes down to that sort of conversation. Okay. Uh, and, and how long have you had Sharky for? Oh, God. Uh, seven years. Seven Blimey, years. that's an old goldfish. That's an old goldfish. 
I've got a goldfish. I don't have it anymore, but at my parents' place when I was growing up, and it's now at my brother's place, we had a goldfish called Fred, which was named after Freddie Flintoff from the 2005 Ashes. So he's been alive since 2005. Um, so he's 15 years old. Yeah, so goldfish can... Uh, can hang around. They either last less than a year or they go on forever. There's, well, I've there's... seen some last days, maybe even hours. <laughs> there's no in between with goldfish. And so Sharky's one of those clingers. He's going to cling on forever. Yeah. Well, we've got any other questions. Why did you pick up Metza? Uh, we kind of mentioned it a bit earlier on, but um, I guess we can go into a bit more details about his gameplay because uh, obviously we spoke about his mindset and his experience and everything. But what's it um, in his gameplay that uh, makes him stand out to you, Eclipse? Um, I think, do you know what? It is his awareness. So very rarely have I ever been able to see a player just know when to leave the ball. Like, without anything else, he just, <laughs> he just leaves the ball. And, like, there was, a, there was a moment in scrims, and I think it was probably one of the moments that I thought, you know, Mets is probably the guy for us, because... Wave hadn't commed anything, Vert hadn't commed anything, and Meta was driving towards the ball that he had every right to hit. And then all of a sudden, he just drove around it, and then Wave came in and scored. And no comms were said, and I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, and he obviously heard him or something, and was just like, well, he's clearly the person to go for it. And that kind of a level of awareness, I just don't think we see in many players. And that mm. and, and his consistency in our, and in our scrims as well is just uh, above most that I saw. There was a couple of people in contention, but ultimately he I think the awareness is what broke him out as the next level. Yeah, and I think that awareness is one of those kind of skills that is undervalued uh by many people, but it's incredibly valuable in a team where you have got a vert in there who you've just let go run riot and do whatever he wants in offense, because then Metza gets around in the right spots to react to the chaos that Vert creates, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, why Metza, people might be going, why have they picked him up? He's been on a struggling team for a few seasons. But the reason why he's been on that team is because he hasn't had that flair player to to kind of work around, right? He's not had that that player who can do the disruption, which he can then read and create a goal. So I'm very excited to see how that all works out. Um, and Wave, you got anything to add? Why why Metza? Why Metza? Um, it's comfortable having a nicer rotation and just being able to kind of push out a bit more because with the old endpoint roster I was forced to sit back a bit more mm. in that sense obviously we always pushed up every now and then but it generally feels like more we feel more as a team yeah less solo and I, I guess for for anyone who's unaware there's it's been a, a long time whereby there's that kind of forced third man role that people talk about but ultimately, every team that does well tends to have a pretty balanced rotation. And, and equally, when you see, you know, like your G2s, for example, they're now this full three-man rotation, aren't they? And it's just so much more efficient uh, to have everyone do everything than it is to have someone kind of make their journey somewhere else. So I'm excited to see how that works out for you. And maybe we'll see some more wave offense, which is a rare occurrence. Hopefully. Hopefully. You, you call it a rare occurrence, but he was our top goal scorer. <laughs> the last two seasons. That's, that's common though, isn't it? The defensive player gets a lot of the goals. Yeah, to be uh, fair, I think with our system of Natch and Wave uh, for demoing everyone, Wave just had open goals to put the ball in all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> not going to say you're wrong. Or, yeah, yeah, I think you had like a top five shooting percentage as well. So, I guess yeah, you had, 20, a lot of I think open you had 28% nights. shooting. Oh, yeah, I had the second highest yeah. season, 28. Yeah. Yeah. yeah half, I mean, them, half of them being open. Yeah, it's the 
classic scenario with the defensive players waiting, waiting, chaos caused in front, defensive player comes in, cleanup crew. So that's mm-hmm. going to be uh, that's going to be wave. Um, but to a higher extent now, because everyone's balanced, perhaps you'll be causing the chaos now, wave. Uh, as if I can't, I can't demo anyone. I can't. Yeah. Demo it's interesting. Go ahead, go ahead. As I say, it's interesting with Wave's demos. Like, one game, he uh, there was one game all he could do is hit someone in the air, and he's forever said that he could only hit people when they're flying, but he still can't do that. So <laughs> I doubt he's going to be the one causing any chaos for us anytime soon. doesn't have to be just demos. I'm sure Wave will find a way to do some weird pogo flip reset hit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He does those, actually. That is the chaos he does cause. He does just come out with the randomest goals. <laughs> Right, so we've got a big question here. This is important because it could make comms very awkward in your next scrim. Uh, Metsonoris, how ugly am I? Oh, well, you you can't grow beard, Meta. So you know yeah. you're, you're already below standard. You know what I mean? Not a real, real man. So yeah, not a real man. <laughs> but okay. you're blonde. You've got everything going for you. <laughs> yeah, he's very uh, Scandinavian in the way. Oh he yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> also, Peak Metsonoris was the old shaved sides with very floppy on top back when he was... Uh... And he had his man bun at one point, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, the man bun. Oh, man. Uh, but also the the propeller hat. That's... Yeah, I was going to say, the, the propeller hat as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he, you're looking... Love the fashion. Very much more handsome these days. Now you're you're a skinny boy. Um, what else we got going on here? Um, oh, we, we never got to see Sharky. Can you show Sharky? Is that a thing? I can try. Oh, let's see Sharky. Hang on. Uh. Right. You know what to do, Pete. Show, show Sharky. There we go. This is important, everybody. <laughs> Where's Sharky? Oh, there's Glare. There, I mean, we're mostly seeing you there. <laughs> yeah, we're just seeing Glare right now. Okay, there's a fish in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a fish in there somewhere that's lived for seven years somehow. Yeah, with him tabbing on the window. It's like Finding Nemo. There we go. <laughs> that's Sharky, everybody. And that's the setup. A nice, tidy setup. Fair play. Respect that. Um, well, that was that was an experience. Thank you very much, uh, Shots, for that, because otherwise we wouldn't have got that experience. It wasn't for your insistence on seeing Sharky. Um, okay, some, there's some weird questions in here. I think we can... Maybe we get some, some more normal. Um... Clips, you got a patchy neck beard. I uh, do. I do. I think, I think that's just lockdown, lockdown beard, isn't it? Like, it I, is lockdown beard. I, I, I tried to, I tried to shave it today to like make it more even, but it just wasn't happening. So I just give up. It's, it is tough on lockdown. I mean, you've also looked like you've not been able to go to the barbers, or you haven't. Oh got a... yeah, no, my hair is like ultra long. So <laughs> we've got the, we've got the vert, vert style of just chop it all off, which I respect. Yeah. Um, and then, what about you, Wave? Have you been able to get your hair cut in this in lockdown? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm gonna refrain for it from a little bit, but gonna be looking like a caveman soon. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Very true. Before you can get your reverse fade, isn't it? Just not a reverse fade. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Wave being top six in stats? Um, pretty lucky. Honestly. Uh... <laughs> Honestly, okay. I think we kind I think we kind of answered it with the whole like defensive third thing where this season we've uh ultimately most of our goals came from when we just made open nets and we've ended up cleaning it up. And then if it wasn't that, he ended up missing and then dropping the ball to one of the other boys and they've cleaned it up. So 
and then obviously we mentioned he's our defensive player, so he's the one making the saves. So it, it kind of all works together. His inability to attack helped him get the assists and the goals. So that's fair. And uh, you just said he's because he's lucky, right, Vert? That's you yeah. believe in you believe in the luck. Yeah, sometimes sometimes he can score the open net. That's a bit of luck, and then then the usual he doesn't score the open net. So this is true. Uh, you're just jealous. You can't. You don't have the talents like I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, I can't tell with him and also score the open net. So my bad. You know how to score players, but not the ball. Yeah, I'm a car chaser, not a ball chaser. So I Matt, put that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> Right, here's a good question. We've actually got a legitimate question. Thank you, Freekent. Uh, what teams are you most scared of next season in RLCS? I'm guessing that is. Um, I don't know because there's so many potential roster moves going on and whatnot. I'd say we're probably going to have to go with Dignitas and Vitality because they're the least likely to change after such successful season. Uh-huh. Um, and like Dignitas is passing play style is scary to anyone because if you can't if when if you miss that attempt at like cutting out the pass you've basically just been scored on so it, it's very iffy and then you have the same with vitality where every single one of them can just pop off and carry a game so you've got to make sure you've caused everyone down and it's so hard to do that so i'd say yeah probably those two teams more so than anyone i'll be a bit scared as well of uh of alpha now because he had a bit of an off season but he's been working hard on that um mm. And I guess you guys know um, Spanish playstyles because you had Natch before. What about the new Spanish team coming in? Is that a, a scary prospect? Because I know a lot of people have always been scared of that playstyle when they go into qualifiers and everything, but not had it in RCS. Now it's there. Wave, what are you thinking? Um, they learned from us. <laughs> they learned from us. <laughs> uh... To be fair, he's not entirely wrong. Their playstyle has definitely changed over the last couple of seasons. And like, like Stonkers, I know I had a couple of people telling me that they thought Stonkers was basically just a new version of us coming through. And I could see it. Like, I feel like our demo playstyle really stops their like all-out attack because they can't all-out attack if they haven't got anyone back in defense, like at all especially so it, it it allows us we kind of break them down like yeah if they get their goals off and stuff it definitely works but generally speaking i think we're quite content against those teams uh-huh that's fair i mean there, there's a reason why those teams don't go to the top straight away is because there is a is a flaw to them and you guys are aware of that flaw because you've gone through the rlrs so you you've, you've had to beat that style of team before uh any last questions here um how long have we been going for? Oh, about an hour now. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah, it's about an hour. About an hour. I think we can do a few more questions. Um, predictions on teams that make spring series from Crisis. Well, who do we think are going to be the four? Actually, let's say who do we think are going to be the three, because we'll, we'll assume endpoint is one. Who are the other three? I, I think it could be a lot of people. So, like, it really depends on who some of these RLS teams pick up, because I think these RLS teams with certain, like, a, a very specific pickup, like, there's inklings about Scrub going to play with Tad and uh, Bluey, which is effectively an RLCS team in and of itself. So, like, you have things like that who people would kind of write off. You'd assume, you know, you'd assume it'd be Rec, um, who finished fifth, Barcelona. SNG and us because we're the top four after the top four. No, but like, it's not like that, does it? It, it? it doesn't. It doesn't. Someone's going to get an upset somewhere along the way. And 
Um, I think it's, it's I think it's quite hard to actually guess that. If I'm totally honest, I'd probably say Barca will because I think Barca's playstyle works against bubble teams and all the rest teams. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Barca has already qualified. Yeah, they've no? already made it. Is, it, is Barca for top four? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Veloce. Oh, okay. Well, Veloce does as well because Veloce wait for mistakes and bubble teams and all the rest teams generally make more mistakes than most. So their play no, style yeah. works well for that. So I, I think Veloce, um, Rec, if they're playing well, obviously, because Rec are probably one of the best teams in the world if they are actually playing well. Um, yeah. And then I think I think anyone could get in on that last spot then. I don't think there would be a guarantee. I don't think SNG would be guaranteed. I don't think even us are guaranteed yet. Oh, yeah. um, I, I, I said assume you guys because I think it would be very weird for you guys to say another four teams that weren't yourself. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, or one of them at least. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that's fair to mention as well is a lot of teams that have been higher, so let's say Reciprocity, Veloce, Singularity, etc., they're on their trend downwards at the moment in terms of past results. Mm-hmm. I think for them, this is their chance to either bounce back or continue that trend downwards. So it could be a quite an important tournament for some of them. And then for Endpoint Singularity, you guys are on your trend upwards still. So this is a chance for you to prove that you're on your way still. And then, like you said, those RLRS teams, there's all sorts of them that could um, just make a massive jump like it happened in uh, North America, right, with Charlotte Phoenix. They lost yeah. player and then still made it. Um, so uh, there's, there's definitely all sorts going on there in terms of the qualifiers. I, I think we've got one more here. One more question. Uh, thoughts on separating work environment from friend environment for improving. So I'm guessing that's kind of referring to when you're playing Rocket League, say Wave um, Eclipse says, hey, can you carry me in ranked? And you're like, okay, as friends, do that. But then, you know, you get a message from Gregan and you're like, actually, this is a chance to hardcore grind the game because I'm probably one of the best players uh, on my friends list right now. Um, what's that kind of different mindset like for you when you're playing ranked, uh, Wave? Um the anecdote that was probably not a very good example um it's a wonderful example i've been asked many times by uh clips to carry him but um <laughs> but, throw me under the bus there isn't it? like hey. it's not the point um i've i've never really been the um the ranked player like, i've always played it i just haven't tried it that, that much i think mm-hmm. playing um obviously friendships in rocket league are quite good because the better you can interact with someone it actually can correlate to comms, from what mm-hmm. I've found. Obviously, yeah. you've, you've, got, you've got to put the um, work environment first, though. Yeah, so you, when you go into a, into a scrim, you guys are, are treating it like work in a way, whereby you, you're not thinking, oh, this is, my, this is my mates I'm playing with, even though they are your friends, but you're going in with the idea of, we've got to be as good as possible, right? That's what you're saying there? Yeah. But then... Equally, like you said, you spent time in person, and that probably helped a lot with the the kind of friend side of it as well, because you could spend time working hard in person, but you also got to know each other. Um, but what about for you? Uh, do you think um, this team, you, you've got like the work setting and then the friend setting, do you, do you separate them or do they kind of like um, mold together? It's hard to separate them. I feel like it molds together because like most of the good teams are basically all like all best friends, like SSG or or whatever, like uh, Pittsburgh Knights in NA. Like, yeah. if you take Rocket League too seriously, if, if you just start losing, it won't end well. So it's always better to, like, uh, be, like, a bit relaxed, like, not full-on serious at all times, because that just isn't a good environment to be at all. And, like, with all the different 
uh, like personalities, people can take it differently when you're criticizing them. And uh, being in a work environment and not being like friends, how I guess you'd usually be like after work or after scrims or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and like let's be honest, most work environments have friendship in them. Like that's not yeah. not so specific to a Rocket League team. Like a good work environment has friendship there. And I think the way you guys uh, reacted to Metsonoris's question earlier, uh, already sounds like you've embraced that that friendship uh, with him, which is which is great. Very easy to do though with Metsa. Let's all be honest. He's a yeah. very very nice guy. To be fair, he yeah. he slots in really well with like the British brand that we have. Like. I think a lot of the time we're like, obviously we're taking digs at each other, like the rank carry and stuff like that all the time. And it works. And Meta loves it. He jumped straight in, first scrims, try out everything. He's like, oh yeah, I don't care. I'm roasting you. <laughs> and he was yeah. he, like, I'd, and it was great. And we loved it. And I think that also like added to why we liked it so much. Because yeah, he did it to me within two scrims about I've won nothing. Yeah, he yeah. was just like, yeah, you've won nothing. You've only ever come second. Look at my title. <laughs> Oh, big old Mexican ego coming out. Ego. <laughs> but like, it was great because like, and he even said it himself. He always really, he was really enjoying our scrims with him because we like, while we took it seriously in between games, like if if we would miss the ball or something or let a ball go in because he just like flew past it, we would just take. We'd be like, oh, what are you throwing for? <laughs> yeah, what are you throwing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's just good. It's good. Uh, it's good banter, and it, I think that really helps a team like set up. Yeah, so yeah that sounds good it sounds like you guys have, have got it sorted and that's also why having a coach is really good because that kind of helps to keep the the mood a bit lighter between games because there's nothing worse than a minute of silence between games in uh in, in competitive um there's uh, a question here how are you preparing play spring series in terms of stopping upsets to awkward bubble teams you mentioned that earlier on uh, so i recommend going back and listening cloud 85 <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately yeah. So that was uh, we spoke a little bit about that, and also for Galaxy, we spoke a bit on Metza back in the day. I think we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up here because we've covered a lot of stuff throughout the bulk of the podcast. Um, we've spoken a lot about Metza. Obviously, the big hot news for you guys that you guys are playing with him in the Spring Series. Uh, I wish you all the best of luck. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you guys have had a good podcast as well. You've enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the sixth uh, episode from Endpoint. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the other Endpoint. Uh, teams and goings on uh, I think even uh, stuff from like the owners is really interesting to listen to um, so do go check out the other podcasts uh, by Endpoint uh, and hopefully they'll get properly team back on and maybe I'll get an invite back if uh, if this was an all right job as you can see I've I've long since been a uh, an Endpoint boy I used to coach them back in the day uh, it must have been like three years ago now two three years ago so I love Endpoint and uh, I hope uh, you do too if you're watching this. So keep supporting them. Keep cheering them on for the spring series. Uh, any last words from? Uh, I mean, Eclipse has always got words. Uh, any last words from Eclipse? Uh, yeah, just uh, I, I want to say actually thank you to everyone that supported us. Like especially after the end of how our season ended, it wasn't quite as glorious uh, and glamorous as some of us would have hoped for. But we still had people sticking out by us, and I uh, like I, I made sure to do the shoutouts on the RSS stream afterwards. But like. Uh, for everyone here and, and people that are less supported our decision to pick up Metza. Like there's there's been some backlash, like we've seen it on Reddit and uh seen some things on Twitter that people are like real pissed at us for it. But like I think ultimately it's our decision. We have a, our reasons and uh I'm glad to see so many people have that support for us and it's really it's really nice to see because it's a it's a massive thing for us. Uh and it like especially being such a small team, like 
we saw it with uh, RL Stats GG. They just did a like the the community vote, and we had like seven percent of the fan favorite vote. And we were like, we were, even though that seems like such a minuscule number, but I think that ended up us being like fourth or fifth, and we were just like, holy, holy, okay, we just didn't expect it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, right, and it's really nice to see, and it it makes it our jobs easier as well because we we know we're got people behind us, so. Well, you've got the, uh, as we mentioned many times, the org supporting you. You got each other to support each other. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a great decision. You guys know best. You're in the background doing all the, the hard work. And Wave, any last words from you? Uh, shout out to the Dank Squad. Love you all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Sharky for his little. Shout out to Sharky, uh, little oh, yes. Uh, and Vert, from you, anything, anything to say? Uh, shout out to everyone that supports me like, individually. So yeah, thank you. Well, we've got team support, got individual support, got Sharky support. I think at this point, <laughs> uh, made it. we'll we'll say goodbye and thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, especially those who stuck through the whole way, much appreciated, and keep on cheering on these boys, especially in the upcoming spring series. Thank you very much. <laughs>